Hey guys, we are still off this week. So this week we're actually going to be doing a recast from the Mighty 90s. We are going to be doing a recast of an episode of when John and I went on to discuss Jurassic Park 2. Um, So this is coming out in preparation for our episode that is currently out on our Patreon. That episode is Jurassic Park 3, where we invite the guys from the Mighty 90s back, Simon and Dom. So I hope you enjoy this episode and look for our newest episode, Jurassic Park 3, in our Patreon and to come out in your regular podcatcher next week. Hello and welcome to the Mighty 90s movie and TV podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Dom. I'm John. I'm James. And tonight's movie for debate is The Lost World, Jurassic Park 2. Hello and welcome to the Mighty 90s movie and TV podcast, where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move upstairs and settle in, as tonight's movie for debate is Jurassic Park 2, though it goes by lots of other titles. (laughs) Dom and I are incredibly, incredibly honoured tonight to be joined by John and James from the Action Action podcast. So before we even get in and talk to anything about Jurassic Park... Do yourself a favor, go and find Action Action Podcast on all podcast platforms, subscribe, rate and review, even before you've heard it, because you know it's going to be that good. Then listen to it, then rate, review and subscribe. Give it five stars. If you love action movies like we all do, then that is the place to be. John and James, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks a lot, guys. Tell us, before we go any further, tell us about your podcast, where people can find you, all of that stuff. Uh, So, uh, our podcast is called Action Action. Uh, We're a movie podcast that focuses uh, on action movies, and we just have this big list of all the action movies that we've watched, and we rank them. It's like, I mean, it's like all lists. It's like kind of bullshit. Like there's a lot of things that don't belong on there, and things are too way to convince. Too way to convince them, John. No, but it's a fu- it's a it's a fun list. I mean, it's a pretty comprehensive list of like we have like almost 150 movies on there now, of uh, of action movies and where we see them, and I mean it's pretty fun. We a lot of good movies, a lot of really bad movies, um, but yeah, you can just check us out actionactionpodcast.com or actionactionpodcast on any of the platforms you get podcasts yeah and on instagram you can interact with us on uh, action action podcast what what's the worst movie you've covered on your podcast or that you think is the worst anyway i think it's ballistic x versus sever i think that's still the worst (laughs) that's still yeah (laughs) yeah it's have you guys ever heard of that movie no no it stars antonio banderas and lucy Liu. Um, yeah it's a real fucking piece of shit. It's actually, it's actually filmed like, uh, so we're just outside Vancouver, um, in in BC. So it's actually Canada. filmed like in Canada, yeah. So it's filmed like right here. Uh, so just to give a quick rundown, our worst movies we got: Ballistic X versus Sever, The Octagon, Prod Mary, Ghost Rider, The Exterminator. 
reindeer games, you know, all the all the hits. <laughs> God, Ghost Rider was a particular hard hit in the in the face for me because it was hard to see Nicolas Cage that bad, you know, from Con Air to Face Off to Ghost Rider. That is him in Ghost Rider, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess it was so bad they made a second one. Because <laughs> that makes all the sense, yeah. Yeah. Those two guys who made it, though, what were their names, those directors? Oh, no, this was Mark, oh, Mark, Mark Stephen Johnson directed. The, the second ones were directed by the guys who made fucking... Um, what's the one with the guy who, like, has... He can't stop or he'll die. Oh, crank, crank, crank. Yeah, yeah. Jason yeah. Statham. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> Movies. What? <laughs> well, so so you were by Vancouver. I um, I worked at a summer camp in the San Juan Islands. You know, it's just like just down from Seattle or over from Seattle and just beneath Vancouver. That's like a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Yeah. If you want to check out uh, what it looks like where we live in the Pacific Northwest, I recommend a movie called Mandy. Really showcases off our, uh, <laughs> our beautiful yeah. scenery. That's Nicolas Cage as well, right? Yeah, yeah. it is. So I don't know if it shows off the the beauty of the Pacific Northwest. It's pretty much a documentary about what it's like to live in the <laughs> Pacific Northwest. So just watch Mandy. And uh, have you seen that movie, guys? No. I, I'm not, but I have a feeling that we're being led to believe it's something that it isn't. I mean, <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. You should definitely it check is, it out. You should. And it does it does fairly represent the Pacific Northwest. And <laughs> in, in, in it's what it looks like. It's just uh, it's a fucking it's a great movie. You guys should watch it. <laughs> I, I'm a big Nicolas Cage fan. You know, when What's he, your favorite when he, Nicolas Cage movie? When he hits. Um it's a good question. If I was being like serious, I'd probably say, you know, I like some of the ones like adaptation and things like that. But if I was being like nostalgic, then it would be like Con Air because hell yeah. Right. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, just just the flow he's got there is priceless. Oh, yeah. Sick flow. Oh, yeah. I have that picture like enlarged in my office at home. Like, of nice. Me. I'm not even joking. Yeah, it really does obsessed uh what's what's your favorite cage movies i mean i oh bandy okay i i would have to say probably con air would be my favorite as well to me it's just like you get a little bit of everything in that movie of cage although i do like the crazy cage in face off oh yeah um i've yet to see him on the podcast about face off I'm a diehard face-off stan. It's the best. We've covered face-off. We loved it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's as good as... uh, With face-off, I just feel like uh, I would have rather seen Crazy Cage throughout the whole movie. Instead, Travolta tries to be Crazy Cage. And (laughs) I just don't think it works that well. But, you know... That's John loves it. So he John Travolta does have some good moments though. The like 
see anything you the, like and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, the, when he tries to have sex with his daughter. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the ultimate disrespect, isn't it, really? It's the this ultimate. Fuck, it, yeah, John Woo's got some fucked up shit going on in that movie. A lot, a lot of doves in that movie from John Woo. Oh, yeah, definitely. A lot of cascading face touches. Yeah, face waterfalls. Yeah, just... <laughs> Pre-COVID, Dom and I used to do that to each other a lot. But since COVID's really messed up that for us. So. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. too bad. Our relationship's yeah, never yeah, been the same. It, you guys are in the same room, though. So, like, are you guys in a bubble together? Um, we're, we're do you guys have that there? Uh, we did, but we're allowed to be uh, in groups now of, of six or under. Oh, okay. So we're allowed, we're allowed to do this, but we have to like keep this slight distance between us. This is why I'm on an end of a desk, not rather than oh, that's cool. rather than here. Oh, okay. Here, so he would normally be closer to me, but we're having, <laughs> we're having to keep it like this. But um, you've also <laughs> this you, is for my safety more than anything. I think. You've you've ruined the illusion that we're all in the same room, though. Okay, so. You know, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, we we are with no, you. Yeah, no, yeah. No, we hopped a we hopped a flight. Uh, flew across the pond. Uh, we're there. We're with you. Where do you, where where are you guys? What you're in you, Britain? You mean where are all of us at this moment? Where are we all? <laughs> we're just outside yeah. London. Just outside North London. Okay. Okay. And we're so. I've never been there. Well, you you're there now. I, I, I've been there now. Yeah. <laughs> And we're it's so beautiful. happy that you've joined us to talk about Jurassic Park 2. So tell us, who should go first? James, tell us the first time you saw Jurassic Park 2. What, how did you first come into contact with it? What does it mean to you now? Uh, I probably saw it in the theaters. And, uh, you know, I, th- I thought it was pretty good at the time. And uh, it, it's still fun now. Um, it does have some issues, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, coming off the high of the first one, um, you know, I watched that one actually, I watched the first one this week in the lead up to this. And, uh, I forgot how, how good the first one is like, it it's so good and then watching this one right after it's just kind of like i don't know i i guess i was expecting too much and uh so it was a little disappointing but yeah i don't know that's my first interaction with it the first jurassic park is a pretty perfect film it is pretty hard to top that um, yeah definitely what about you john what was your first contact with it uh i i saw it in the theater as well uh i don't know with whom or what the circumstances were. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was a huge fan of the original movie. I think the original came out when I was like 11. And then this one came out when I was like 14. So it was like, you know, it hit you at that good time. Even then, at 14, I was like, some of these scenes are pretty whack. Uh, and we'll probably get into that more. But like, I owned it on VHS and like, it kicked around our house. Oh, James and I are brothers, by the way. So Wait. if we have, if we uh, if we talk about shared stuff, it's because because of that. But yeah, like I, I remember being in the house. We watched it every once in a while. I don't think I ever owned the first Jurassic Park, though. Ironically, mm. you went straight in for the sequel. Oh yeah, man. I'm just love. I love sequels. You wanted <laughs> as much Gold Bloom as you could possibly get. <laughs> 
the yeah. first one didn't offer enough to you. That must be what no. it was. I think you're right. <laughs> I mean, you can't get enough Goldblum, that's for sure. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I was also a big Vince Vaughn fan, I think, at that time. It's, yeah, that's true. It's nice like seeing Vince. had already come out. It's nice seeing Vince Vaughn in a, well, I guess, I'll call it a serious role, I guess. <laughs> you know, kind of. It's nice to see him in that. Uh, um, well, Dom, what do you remember about Jurassic Park 2? Uh, I, I think I remember seeing it at your house. Uh, I, I wouldn't have watched it at mine. I, 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 we wouldn't have gone to the cinema to see it because we were 10 when it was released, so probably a bit too young at the time. But I'm pretty sure you had it on video and we would have watched it yours, like, probably would have watched the original and then that straight after and then being like, hey, the original's fantastic, and then, okay, that happened. But we dinosaurs and... I just remember taking quotes from it, like, say out the long grass and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I... I I didn't mind watching it, rewatching it again. Uh, I would probably quite happily leave it on and be busy doing other things, not really worry too much about yeah. it. I don't want to invest yeah, too much time in it. Yeah, kind of in the background, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what about yourself? Uh, yeah, I remember. I actually remember watching this probably more than the original, which is crazy. But I think when I was younger, the original's got there's it sort of builds doesn't it it's like it's yeah totally a slow build which i think you appreciate more when you're like older as we are now where i think the second one it has a little bit more chaotic kind of action that probably appeals to like a child more you know a younger person um but i never thought that it was better than the original but i think i enjoyed it i definitely enjoyed it and i enjoyed some of the sequences that we'll talk about on like the cliff edge and the fact that there were two t-rexes and more velocal raptors and some of the stuff that's a bit more laughable but now but i enjoyed all of those aspects and uh yeah, I always thought of it as a good film. I had, on a trip to France with my parents once, I picked up the, the video game for, like, PS1, I think, um, in French, and enjoyed <laughs> nice. that. Uh, yeah, I think I was very sold on dinosaurs. Like, were you guys into dinosaurs as kids? Like, you thought they were cool? James? Oh, you want me to answer? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I... Yeah, to some degree. I mean, I I wasn't after watching Jurassic Park one or two. Uh, I wasn't uh, among the you know dinosaur craze or anything like that. I'm trying to think what what I was into in '97. I liked dinosaurs when I was like a little kid. Like I remember being like in grade one and shit, and being like, yeah, dinosaurs are pretty cool. But I think at this time I was a little too old to like be get into dinosaurs Mm. but like i totally like bought the the like oh like can we bring dinosaurs back because that'd be cool i still feel right oh yeah i don't know why it hasn't happened yet they explained it so well in the first jurassic park i'm still like well they can do it yeah yeah totally oh i do remember at this time actually so pogs were a big thing at this time and uh I remember 
playing for the the DNA guy. I don't know. Mr. DNA. Yeah. Did you guys, yeah, Did you yeah. guys have pogs? Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. a big thing? I don't know. Yeah. I, I just feel like you guys were into, like, crumpets or something. <laughs> <laughs> you guys traded, you know, cake recipes. That's we used to just make we instead of pogs we had very small miniature crumpets that we used instead yeah. of pogs in the same way. So yeah. yeah. Like I mean that sounds better actually. Yeah. That as the slammer. Like, yeah. I'm using a blueberry yeah. scone as a slammer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I remember playing like for, you know, the DNA from Jurassic Park and just being like I really want that pog and then, you know, being devastated when I lost it. <laughs> In a match. Yeah, that was, I remember that being a really sought after pog. Yeah. Like it was, you, remember, you know, when you're a kid, you don't realize that you can just go to the store and buy shit. <laughs> like, you have to win we, it like, from fought, other people. We, yeah, we fought over these things. And in reality, we could have just gone to the store and bought it. Can you imagine how many people got beaten up over uh, the uh, Charizard Pokemon card? What was the, the shiny... Did you have? Did you? Were you? Were you too old for that? For the Pokemon? Uh, yeah, I wasn't in Pokemon really. Pokemon's a phenomenon that completely passed me by. Like yeah. I get it. My kids are actually. I have uh, like some kids, and they're watching Pokemon right now, like the original, and they seem pretty into it. But it's just like that whole thing just like swept back, like past me. Well, and I guess. Loosely, Charizard is kind of like a dinosaur. So let's bring it back to Jurassic Park too. So, <laughs> Segway. Nice. So Isn't he, is, is he one of the dinosaurs with, does he have a spiky tail? Yeah, I think it's like a dragon basically. But like, Yeah, but it's the first dinosaurs that they encounter when they get to the island are like, they have the spiky tails. Those spiky tail ones. <laughs> They're the ones. Spiky tailosaurus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, so this is the part now where Dom is going to wow us with his deep dive and his knowledge that he has dug up, like he is a paleontologist, into this movie. Oh, nice. Yes, Dom. I like that. I like that. All the bones coming out now. (laughs) So uh, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, released uh, in May 1997. Uh, So we were 10. Uh, I think... uh, our ages are irrelevant now. That's fine. Uh, so what we normally do is go through a bit of a synopsis that I found, um, go through that, go through some information and facts about the film, uh, and then just throw in some trivia, and then we just talk about whatever we want to talk about from the film. So we talk about character journeys, talk about the dinosaurs, talk about whatever whatever floats your boat from the film, all the action, yeah. anything. People dying horrifically and horrendously. And Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. That's going to be... And Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, the phone call. Um, right, so I will go through the synopsis Simon is... Just keep going. Exiting the room. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, my <laughs> guy. It's fine. I can't remember. This is, this is our podcast now, guys. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the synopsis of The Lost World, Jurassic Park. A research team is sent to an island 87 miles away from the previous home of Jurassic Park to document and photograph... To document and photograph the now liberated dinosaurs. However, InGen, the bioengineering company, has sent another larger team to the same island to catch, sedate, and transport some dinosaurs to San Diego, where they will be used in a new Jurassic Park location. But life always finds a way. Will both teams return to the mainland with successful findings, or will another tragedy occur? I think we all know what's going to happen here. 
Yeah, exactly. So do you guys, was there anything in the film that you remembered in particular? Because I, I remembered, so you, one of you touched on it earlier, that you remembered like the the ending. It might have been Simon that said it, being in San Diego and it just being completely out there and not not really fitting with the rest of the film. Yeah, I remember the ending. I remember uh, the part with the doghouse hanging off the chain uh, from the T-Rex. I, I remember that scene. You know, the, a little the, nod. So say that's a little nod, I think, to the goat in the first movie. Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. I didn't even put that together, but that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, I kind of, you know, watching this and it getting to the end, I kind of wish that the whole movie took place in California. Ooh. Oh, that, that's kind of a cool idea. That it's just they they brought all of the dinosaurs or a bunch of the dinosaurs back. So you got the T-Rex, you got some raptors, and it's just it's the whole movie is about trying to contain them, um, you know, because they've gotten loose. That's actually a really cool idea, and believe it or not, you are you must be sharing brainwaves with Steven Spielberg because he had an idea for the third movie to be what happened in San Diego. Oh, okay. So that awesome. That, that was what he wanted to happen in the third movie, but he thought it would never get made, so he added it to the end of this movie. Oh, I see. Because he well, desperately that... wanted it to happen. <laughs> yeah, I because. The end, it just sticks out so much that it, you know, it's kind of like a Godzilla movie, right? And it just, the way the end is shot, even with like the, uh, the 76 ball, like rolling past them in the gas station and like all of that, it just, it works so well, I feel that, yeah, it definitely feels like it doesn't belong in this movie. Um, Spielberg was a massive fan of the original King Kong movie, I think 1933 or something like that. And that, that okay. was a massive influence on him and the reasons why he um, put the film together the way he did, especially that the last, the, the kind of hmm. the third act of the film. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I couldn't remember. Uh, so I, I have no clue what happens in the third movie because I actually took this movie... Uh, the second one. Uh, and I actually kind of like cut it in half. And I thought that the the end of this movie was actually the third movie. <laughs> that, if that makes sense. Which would have been better. Like, like I actually like I, I, I kind of was watching it and remembering. And as I was watching it, I was thinking, oh, wait, I thought this happened in the third movie. And this was the second movie. So like, like, I, I think that I split this movie into two already in my head. Um, I, what I really re- remember from the, from watching this originally was how much I disliked, um, uh, Jeff Goldblum's daughter <laughs> coming to the Island. I like how horribly tacked that, on I, I thought that felt. The whole situation I, is brutal. There's absolutely no mention of her in the first film at all. And then she appears in no. this one. <laughs> uh, the gymnastics scene at the end, I just... I hated it so much <laughs> when I watched it originally. So I, I just wish that it didn't happen. So the funny thing about the gymnastics scene that like that whole scene where she has to do that and then they like, f- you know, fall down and roll out and like 
right where uh, Jeff Goldblum and the daughter are waiting. Um, I just, it, it just feels like <laughs> it's kind of funny because it's Spielberg. It feels like a, a bad imitation of an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get what you what you mean there as well. And even with kind of, it was like watching the the Crystal Skull one. You kind of we're at the end right. we're at the end yeah. of the franchise, and it's it's just like really played out. Yeah, so, but just in that that kind of moment, yeah, I, I, I yeah. get what you mean. <laughs> and you know, like when you when you you know they go back to the camp, and then they realize that the daughter has you know snuck snuck along for the ride the whole the whole the whole cleanup of the trailer when they're cleaning up and they're arguing my first thought is like you know i got kids i don't have teenagers but i'm just like what the hell was she doing in that trailer yeah she fucked that trailer up good. <laughs> she made a real big mess and i don't even understand yeah what she was doing in there at all i thought she'd been in there yeah. for like a week yeah, exactly. Uh, James touched on something I think that's really interesting, actually, which is you now if you imagine this as an Indiana Jones style movie with a stowaway, that would make so much more sense that when they come back to the camp, she has a fire. Um, like it, it does feel kind of like more old timey, right? Like yeah, totally. Ad- action adventure. Mm. Whereas like the fact that this teenage girl who like lives in New York or whatever she went and made a fire like it just doesn't when there's like probably a kitchen inside exactly and she's making breakfast and it's just like this it it just feels like a really horrible note that was given to the movie like to the to spielberg and be like hey what if we did this right she has to and then that's how that's how he got his that's how he got his end scene scenes in in uh in San Diego was by adding this dog. That's what it feels like. It feels like a trade. Yeah. It's uh, the, the whole bit in San Diego was infamous. So when I was a student, I used to work in Blockbuster. Would you believe it? This is what oh, we do nice. for fun now. So uh, <laughs> it was infamous in the Blockbuster I worked in because I don't know if you noticed, but the T-Rex destroys a, a Blockbuster video yeah i did notice that yeah as soon as i saw that i'm like blockbuster nice (laughs) but um that whole stuff at the end just feels very tacked on doesn't it like in terms of that that's basically where they've ended the jurassic world franchise at the moment is they've set up to basically have that as its own whole movie but you know realized in full yeah, well, like, I know you stepped away for a second, and and that's what we were trying to talk about when when you were gone was how uh, how much we enjoyed all that stuff and how we actually think that it was really good and it could have been an entire film. And then Dom was mentioning, like, which is a really cool thing, where Spielberg actually wanted that to be a, the the third movie, but he didn't think he'd have an opportunity to get it done. Right? So like, yeah, it does feel tacked on, but almost it's almost worth being tacked on. For the fact that we get it, yeah. Instead of us never getting Spielberg to be a part of a fran- the franchise, really, like as a director again. It, it would have been great if he or whoever was making the third film had decided to play on that and go with that, because, like you said, you've you've totally forgotten um, what happens in the third movie, which essentially is a, a kid gets lost on the island and they have to 
Dr. Grant gets called out to go and take his mum and dad to go and find him, basically, but he doesn't know that until they get there. Um, and that's the whole premise of the next film. They're back on an island looking for some random kid who's been paragliding, um, which is rubbish in comparison to, like, the last 15 minutes of this film. It doesn't connect, does it? So no. two doesn't connect to three, where all. it could have been, where in Jurassic World they've connected them at least you know it's one off they're linear so yeah it's a good point well you know what you could have had which would have been kind of cool is you could have had like that uh like that the thing or like that that horror movie not horror movie but action horror i guess trope where it's like you think you kill you killed them all but there's like babies so there could have been like another cargo plane with like velociraptor eggs or something like that and then they could hatch, and if they're growing in like maybe whatever, like in like Northern California, yeah, and like totally, yeah. And then you could have had that. Yeah. I I just I kind of wish, yeah. I mean, like the end of this movie, you know, they finally make it to the mainland, but then no other movie after this, like even in the reboot, they don't. Like, they don't really... They make it to the mainland, but they don't really escape. And, you know, I'm kind of waiting for it to just be... They've escaped. They're here. There's nothing we can do now. You know? And now they're multiplying. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and now we have to live with them. Yeah, exactly. How do you, actually, that would have been a cool idea for the 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 new movies, where instead of uh, what's-his-name being like a lame ass wrangler of raptors Chris Pratt um, yeah he, he could have been like living in like California like as like a nature like a like a, more like a games keeper like a a game like a park ranger where like he's just like that's what his job is he's part of like dino patrol <laughs> yeah and now dinosaurs are just everywhere it'd be a bit more like planet of the apes type thing where the yeah. you know the world yeah they're sort of they're integrating dinosaurs on horses dinosaurs on horses <laughs> yes dinosaurs on horses that, nice that would, that would be pretty sweet yeah <laughs> let's pitch that for the next reboot yeah definitely definitely Jurassic planet yeah exactly <laughs> Um, right, so the the film was written by David, I think it's Coep, it's spelled K-O-E-P-P, so we'll go with Coep, uh, based on Michael Crichton's novel of the same name, so The Lost World, uh, and they had to add the logo because they didn't want it to be confused with Arthur C. Arthur C. Clarke's The Lost World. Um, some of the his best-known films that he's written are obviously the original Jurassic Park. He was involved in the Indiana Jones film, uh, Kingdom of the the uh, Crystal Skull. So you guys touched on that, which is very cool. Uh, and he also wrote the Mission Impossible film and War of the Worlds. So he's done like loads of stuff. He's covered like loads of sci-fi and adventure stuff and Spielberg. Which Mission Impossible film did he write? Uh, I've got here that he did the original, '96. Is, oh, okay. uh, which, which is a very different Mission Impossible <laughs> to the, what they are now, isn't it? The first one's like super like drama, and now my man's jumping off planes and stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, the first Mission Impossible is more of a uh, spy thriller. It's more of a spy thriller. Yeah. Like Brian De Palma made more of like a seventies espionage type, like like yeah, like taut thriller. Uh, whereas now it's more about like, uh, it's become more of a true action. 
film. You guys so, must co- must have covered a lot of Tom Cruise like for action movies. Like how how do you feel about Tom Cruise as an action star? Uh James, <laughs> I just keep uh, talking. Yeah. Um well we did uh, the newest Mission Impossible. What is that? Follow? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Is that the one with Henry Cavill? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean that's in our top 10. That's in our top 10. I mean, the one thing about Tom Cruise is it's kind of like the similar thing with Keanu Reeves is Tom Cruise is able to he does he tries to do like all his own stunts and he's just he's so dedicated that he puts everything into it. So and to me that comes across like through the screen, right? Like you can you can see that. So it's more believable. Um, you know, he's got that intense Tom Cruise look about him. Uh, you know, I kind of like it. I mean, even in we did another one, uh, Live, Die, Repeat. He's good in that, too. Uh, so that's a great movie. Yeah. yeah, he's we've done three Tom Cruise movies. We've done the original Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Follow and then Live, Die, Repeat. And I think Mission Impossible 1 is our lowest rated of those three. Um, I mean, Live, I Repeat is such a fucking awesome movie. It's it's just so well done. It's just a, a, great, a great film. It suffered, I believe, box office-wise from um, a name controversy. They changed the name multiple times. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I mean, like, as a person, I think he's, like, kind of a piece of garbage. <laughs> like, his... I mean, he's part of like a really horrible cult. So yeah, uh, unless you guys are Scientologists, and then just just well, anymore, just, <laughs> just me actually. But yeah, now you're bringing it up. Uh, Do I have to call you like yeah. Colonel or something? <laughs> yeah, sorry, so, not Simon. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Grand Admiral um, Simon. <laughs> but like, as an action star, I mean, he's he's fantastic. I wish I wish I could. S- well, so we have a problem actually, like kind of in action movie podcasts on, on our on our podcast, where it is hard to separate like the human being from the movies because we deal with some pretty scummy guys on our podcast. Mel Gibson, uh, yes, and Stallone isn't the greatest, but like Steven Seagal. Like yeah, Steven Skull is a, a real big piece of shit. Yeah, he. That's a, and what we always make sure we bring up when uh, we talk about Steven Skull is that he was a sex trafficker. Really? And that's not a joke. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's up so, on charges for sex trafficking, and that's partly why he fled the country. So we won't yeah. be covering under siege. I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that. That's. Uh... Oh yeah, listen to a podcast called Behind the Bastards. Uh, they talk about Steven Seagal and they go through his entire life. He's a really, really bad human being. Wow. Well, we're to bring it down, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go on to Jeff Goldblum. Back to, back to dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> we'll move on to, to the novel. So, written by Michael Crichton. Uh, after the original novel's release and the first film's success, fans pressured Crichton into writing a sequel. Um, so following the book's publication um, in 95, they immediately began filming The Lost World. 
um, and it took place between the filming took place between September and December, uh, primarily in California, but also in Hawaii, where they filmed some of the original film. Uh, and that's pretty much it. This is the first time they they toyed with using animatronics as well as computer uh, generated dinosaurs. Um, the the effects are still pretty good. Like I think they hold up pretty well. Like the we've often spoken about, and I'm sure you've probably, I don't know, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, probably spoken about this. But the effects in the original Jurassic Park, for the most part, still look pretty amazing. Especially like the shots oh, of yeah. the Velociraptors in the kitchen, and you've got all the reflective yep. surfaces and so good and i think the effects in the second one are still pretty good like what what did you guys think of the effects in this one yeah i think they they definitely stand up i mean in watching the first one and this one um you know not once was i like oh the cg is taking me out Hmm. of it um yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, it's kind of it kind of is that time where like they're holding that baby T-Rex and it's kind of moving around and you're like, oh, "Okay, you know, they're physically holding something, but you yeah. do know it's it's just a it's a robot, right?" <laughs> so you so, you kind of just can go along with it, I guess, better than if it was CG maybe. Something that we talk about a lot on our podcast is um, practical effects versus CGI and how there's so much more room for forgiveness with practical effects. Mm. Um, so, like, a, a, a practical effect is going to hold up for longer. So that's why, like, something like Jurassic Park or The Lost World, like, it still holds up. It still looks great. Um, whereas, like, if you have really bad CG, it it just dates the movie so so bad and it's it's less forgivable uh i thought something interesting that that was brought up was the velociraptors um and how they're they're utilized in the first movie obviously in the kitchen scene which is just like incredible and it's actually my favorite scene in this movie might be when the velociraptors are first introduced and they're i think it's uh is it uh it's like a german name like dieter or something i don't know is like yelling like don't go into the Long grass. tall don't grass. Don't go in the tall yeah, grass. Tall yeah. grass. Yeah. And I that tall that like above shot where you're seeing uh the raptors like come through the grass is just like so it's full so full of tension and it's just so well done. I just it, I love that scene. It, it kinda reminds me of like the first one where it it's very intense you know something's there but you don't really see it or you know like so that's yeah i think that scene is really good because it is more intense not just you know them trying to hang on and not fall over a cliff or something so one thing we've uh, talked about when we covered the first one is that it fits under the genre of horror um and there's so much suspense and simon sort of touched on it earlier um, that you you don't see a dinosaur for so long. There, there, there's no real action until you're pretty much halfway through the film. Uh, yeah. And uh, Michael Coop, uh, sorry, David Coop, when he was um, writing this, the screenplay, had a fan letter taped to his computer that said that basically said something along the lines of, um, "It took too long to see a dinosaur in the first one." So it, we've gone from a really classic kind of creepy horror film 
but has some fantastic moments and some great visual effects and, and practical effects to a film that has become uh, more action-adventure sci-fi. Yeah, right. m- my kid, actually, my oldest, was uh, he saw me, we were watching The Lost World yesterday, and he like he wanted to watch it, and we're like, okay, well, we'll watch... Um, Jurassic Park tomorrow and he couldn't wait so he's like upstairs watching Jurassic Park for the first time and I went upstairs and like talked to my wife I'm like how's he liking it and she's like oh he thinks it's too boring because they they were only at the scene where they were uh, they were about to go through the park mm. and I'm like oh it, just wait <laughs> now it's gonna it's really gonna like pop off and, and I love that like that's that's what makes a great suspense film that's 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 what that's why. That's part of the reason Jurassic Park is so good. I, yeah. I guess they, it's also they take their time. I guess it's also. I completely agree. I guess it's also part of a problem. And I, I can imagine why they would say that in trying to write a second one. Because at the end of the first one, you get the eruption of T Rex craziness, raptors everywhere. You know, like the crescendo and the payoff of everything that's been building up to it. But then. So then you start in the second movie where you can't actually go all the way back to pretending that we haven't seen a dinosaur because we've like seen what they've done. So there is kind of that temptation to go, well, fuck it then. All guns blazing. But they don't really do that either. Like as in it's kind of yeah. like here's a little girl on a beach getting pecked at by little dinosaurs. I'm not saying that I wanted her dead. Don't get me twisted. But I'm just saying that, that you know. No, she should have died. She should have died. <laughs> yeah, she should have died. But, uh, James and I, uh, we always tend to go for like the, you shouldn't have pulled that punch. Like you should have actually committed to it. Like I, I, I did look it up when I was watching it. Like, because I was like, oh man, I really don't want this girl to die. And I was like Googling like, does the girl die at the beginning of Jurassic Park 2? Because I couldn't remember. But I think that if we were making this movie, James, I don't know if you'll agree, we would have killed her. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I would have actually um, shown a sh- – see, if I was making a movie, it would just be, like, so gory. <laughs> because I, I would have I shown a shot of the mom and dad coming around the corner and then, you know, part of her body or her <laughs> leg, her leg is just, like, bone. <laughs> Her leg is bone, oh, and yeah, then you could have done that. You could have just like just made she's her still lose alive. Her I guess. Yeah, yeah she's still I alive. I guess you then lose your PG rating, but yeah, <laughs> whatever. I w- I think it. I would have I would have gone with a, a maiming of the child and definitely the death of the mother. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. of her scream, she was a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. I I think yeah. they were well, they're a really shitty British family as well. Yeah, really we, we we hate being in Canada. We just call them a British. Film. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Be, because of films like Jurassic Park Two, is out there giving us a bad name. <laughs> yeah, but everything I know about the Brits, I know from uh, pop culture. So, so we all have yachts. Yeah. We all go to islands in the just off Costa Rica yeah. and get fucked up by or your Peaky Blinders, and you're like cutting people with like razor blades. Yeah, that's what, that's what we're <laughs> yeah. doing. But the. Uh, uh, yeah. Do you mind if I if I bring up uh, a couple of the death scenes? Bring up the whatever oh, you want, my friend. Let's do it. Oh, okay. So um, I we didn't really talk about what we thought about the new movies. Uh, so I really hate the the new Jurassic World movie. Um, I find it to be like mean spirited and just bad. 
Um, and one of the main reasons I, I feel that way is about the the death of the babysitter. I knew you was going to say that. With the uh, the water dinosaur, people are going to hate me for yeah. not knowing what that's called. But uh, It's okay. <laughs> uh, it's just I, I think that that scene is so mean-spirited and horrible. Like that that character didn't deserve that death. Um and it didn't deserve she didn't she because she did everything well she was a, she was actually doing her job she was good like she was whatever she was on her phone and, too much though let's be real maybe but this movie I feel like suffers a little bit from that same mean spiritedness um, the first real death I think that we get like of a of a main character is uh, of the hunter uh, that's part of the like, the good guy group yeah uh, and he gets like he gets ripped in two by yeah. the two the T-Rexes which is like okay I get it but then the next um the next real death that we get is I'm just looking at people's names here ba 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 uh the next real death we get is um Peter Storm Stormer he's Dieter actually Peter Stormer um and he kind of like he's a real douchebag that gets like you know, he, he like, he's, gets in the face of Vince Vaughn, uh, is that character? Yeah. And then he dies by all the little raptors, like behind a river, like behind yeah, a Yeah, you don't even see it. Yeah. You just see the, see the water turn red. Yeah. yeah. And I think that part of the thing is that like, you want to see like those vicious deaths go to like the real baddies. Uh, and I feel like it, I, I don't know. I, I have a problem when they treat the characters like that, where like the good guy gets a more vicious death. I don't know. The, Maybe that's just a me the, thing. The guy that got uh, that got killed, who's the guy that like does the high high hideaway? You know, the guy that uh, yeah, yeah, that was trying. He's trying to he's <laughs> yeah. trying to save them in in the. Uh, He's reversing and trying to save them from going over the cliff. What is his character's name? Don't yeah. Eddie. Eddie. Yeah, Eddie. He is like an MVP type character because he was doing everything he could to save them. And you're completely right. Yeah. Like he is the good guy and he got a horrible death when he could have just run away really and let them die. So Yeah. And what I compare this to is I compare it to the the death in the first movie where the guy gets eaten on the toilet. Oh, right? yeah. That's the first time a, 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 a T-Rex kills somebody and he gets a coward's death. The lawyer, yeah. And it almost feels like Eddie gets... Is it Eddie? Eddie, yeah. Yeah, Eddie gets a coward's death in this movie and I just... I don't know. I didn't like that. I think that he, like, he did everything he could, like you said, to, like, save everybody. He He's a great guy and he, he, he goes out like a chump there. Facts. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Peter Stormore, uh, I remember that death bothering me as a child. And actually, I thought, because there is a shot of him where one is like biting on his lip. Um, oh, and yeah. and yeah. there is like, you know, there is something to be said about leaving something to the imagination, you know, in terms of not having to, to see it. Like um, we've spoken about, like Don was saying, like Jaws before, and the fact that it's more about you're worried of what's actually happening when you can't see the shark, you know, all of that sort of stuff. But I, I get what you're saying. It kind of uh, oh, it kind of goes in between. <laughs> that will come back on. Uh, it, it sort of comes... There we go. It sort of comes... Uh, it's sort of it's too much in the middle and too much on the fence. It's not committing to be to being sort of 
uh, gory enough. Uh, and then, yeah, it's kind of just in the middle and a bit lost, I think. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's fine to leave some stuff to the imagination, like you said, um, but I think they do the exact same thing later on. I forget who dies, but they show it off or behind something. And I don't know if it's the T-Rex kills the person. Is, is but that the final death of the douchebag from InGen? I don't think we see his death either, do we? Oh, no, he gets... The grandson? No, he gets the... eaten by the, the baby one. Yeah, the one, the guy that he gets eaten by the baby one at the end, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh no, it's not that one. There's a, there's another one, and I'm I'm I was hoping you guys would remember, <laughs> but I can't Is remember. Is it the guy that gets eaten through the waterfall? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he, but that guy deserved to die too because he's part of the bad crew. He is part of the bad crew. He is. Well, he was just scared of snakes, John. Like, well, he also was going to die. That I think there was like a coral snake or whatever that would have killed him anyway. Yeah, true. Spot on. You're correct. The, the snake heads that, over that here. Snake, that no. snake would have done nothing to him. It was a harmless snake. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Insult to injury. <laughs> was it a harm? Was it a harmless That's snake? That's what it says in the trivia. Oh, it's funny because I'm pretty sure there's two snakes that like look very, very similar. There's a coral snake, which I think is like the deadly one. And then there's one that looks almost exactly like yeah. it. That is like the, completely harmless. There's an identical snake. So that that one was the harmless one. That looks oh, like cool. a poisonous one. Oh, and is it like on this edition of the the snake cast? <laughs> is, is it welcome like irony as well because he that's his job to identify things. So maybe the irony is that it's identical, so he would identify it wrong as well. Layers, Spielberg. Um, I, I do feel like the, this movie is. I did enjoy it though. Like overall, it's a good film. Uh, it's much better than I I thought it was going to be. I, I felt the same. I actually found it. I actually found it really funny. I, just, I laughed at it more than I thought I was going to. Because um, in in the original one, you don't really laugh at all. You kind of watch mm. it for the classic no. that it is. But in this, I I, yeah. I saw it. I thought if they if they pitched this as a comedy, it actually probably would have done okay. There's the moments like uh, I forget the guy's name. What's the the main the bald. Uh, Hunter is like he's the the lead leading the. So in in real life, it's Pete Postlethwaite. Yeah. In the film, it's Roland. Roland, yeah. He um he's one of probably my favorite character in it, even though he's on like the antagonist side. But he has like when they're first on the island, and he's like Elvis, get Elvis, and uh, all of that sort of stuff. And when he Fry Tuck, all he wants Fry Tuck, and then all he wants to do is hunt the T Rex. Um. It's pretty cool. Right. It's kind of weird, though, how he, he goes on this whole speech about how he's he's brought so many dentists to Africa to shoot, you know, this wild game. But then all he wants to do is just shoot a T-Rex. <laughs> yeah. The difference is, though, is that he's going to go do it. Like, there's, I think there's supposed to be this, like, kind of... Um, uh, like honor that he has like him and Vince Vaughn, like his character, Nick, right? Like, so Nick's like a hardcore, uh, environmentalist. Like they have an, a mutual respect for one another. Uh, and I think that for, for Roland, his character is that he, this is his job. This is what he does this is where he's found himself. But all he really wants to do is like challenge himself. Whereas the dentists that he's bringing to Africa 
he's doing everything for them. They're not being challenged and he's never been challenged. Like this guy is like one step away from like like the deadliest game, right? Like this guy would love to hunt a human. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. I I guess that's why at the end when, you know, when he shoots the T-Rex with the tranquilizer and then, uh, you know, that, I don't know what the, is it the nephew or? Of um, Hammond's nephew. That's the douchebag. Yeah. Uh, what's his I name? I just a lawyer. But, uh, Peter? The main dude that gets eaten at the end. Douche douche. Douche douchebag. Douche. <laughs> what is his name? Uh, Peter, Peter. Peter Ludlow. Oh, yeah. it's Peter. Peter Ludlow. Yeah. Yeah, so so Peter's like, you know, I'm going to make you rich. I'll make you head of security or whatever bullshit. Uh, and he's just like, no, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, all yeah, I think I think you're right, John, in the sense that he's just like he just wanted to stare down a T Rex and win, and then that. Yeah, that's we've it. Seen this, we've seen these characters in, in in lots of movies where they're just looking for the next challenge and at a certain point they're just like almost dead inside and they just they don't feel alive anymore and this is like his one chance of like feeling like his dick getting hard or something (laughs) yeah like he just wants he's edging right yeah he's just been edging his entire life and now he's just like this is my last chance (laughs) this is is the only way he shouldn't have had a weapon then like as if you're gonna do it then do it with your bare hands (laughs) oh man can you imagine if he just like put a fucking bowie knife between his teeth and just like jumped on the back of that thing? naked (laughs) naked he'd have to do it naked as well he's just he's just greased up If your if your balls are not on the back of the T Rex, you are not doing it right. I'm, hey man, I'm down for that. I'm I'm liking these rewrites. Yeah, James, let's get uh, let's get Stephen on on uh, on the horn. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll pitch in this. Yeah, it would still turn out better than the third one. Um. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking void that movie is for me. I know I've seen it. Is I, I think they they invented dinosaur for that movie. They did. <laughs> and the dinosaur yeah. in the third movie looks like it was made by Jim Henson. Like, and that's not a slight at the Jim Henson organization because they are they are the best, you know, puppeteers and whatever. Ever. But it's it looks like it. The head looks like it could be in the Muppets. Like it's not oh, vicious yeah. in the slightest. Yeah. If anybody's looking for a great ex, uh, example of uh, Jim Henson. Uh, just TMNT, the f- original. Yeah, just go watch, <laughs> go watch the Turtles movie. That's a one that's the, a favorite. We talk about it a lot. That is one of my favorite movies. Like and, as a kid. and the second one. Oh, the second one is the comic com- comedy gold. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Oh yeah, man. That I the first one is ahead. like one of the biggest independent uh, successes of all time. Uh, and is yeah. so so good. We haven't covered that yet. We were hoping to get a cast member on to cover it. I've been like stalking. Uh, I think it's Ernie Reyes Jr. He played. He was in the Donatello outfit, but then he played. Uh, I've forgotten his name. He played the guy in the second one, uh, the pizza delivery guy in the second oh, one. Oh, the pizza guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to be trying to get him on. Um, he liked a comment I wrote on Instagram and. I felt like Roland seeing a T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, those movies are fantastic. Guys. This is a very special place in my heart for them. Yeah, 
for sure. What else have we got, Dom? Okay, so let's let's talk about uh, ratings of this film. So we 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 play a little game where I I know what the ratings are in terms of IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. So hopefully you guys haven't looked them up. Um, if you have, it's fine. We'll we'll just quiz Simon. Um, so we'll start with IMDb. Do we have any guesses of what the IMDb rating is for this film? We'll start with John. Uh, IMDb, I'm going to go with 6.7. Okay. James? Well, yeah, actually, I was going to guess that or something around that because I actually, I listened to your uh, Mario Brothers episode and you were talking about how for IMDb, the averages are probably around 6-ish, 6. So I'm going to say 6. Point four. Cool. Okay. And Simon? I was actually thinking six point four as well. So I'll be that I'll be that <laughs> douchebag guy that will go in the middle. One dollar. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say six point six. Bang on with six point six. Oh. I was gonna I was gonna give the prize to, to John. You are a douchebag. <laughs> I was gonna give the prize to John, but he he's like pissed on your parade, so Sorry about that. <laughs> I was I knew it was a douchebag move have, when it was happening, but I just did it. I just, yeah, yeah. You can have the internet points. So yeah. the, the next the next one we do is is Rotten Tomatoes. So we found that Rotten Tomatoes are normally but not always completely like off the mark when it comes to IMDb. So IMDb always give it a fairly well what we consider a fairly fair rating, um, and Rotten Tomatoes are like so hit and miss. So. so there's three scores on Rotten Tomatoes. There's the tomato score. There's the um, the what's the, the reviewers like points like six point seven or whatever. And then there's the audience score. So which one are you? This asking is the for? overall percentage score, which I think is the um, like their their scoring. The tomato yeah, score. I think so. Is it the fresh they, they, or the? They do yeah. it as a percentage. I think it's that one. Okay, yeah, that, that's one. the. That's the fresh. That's the fresh yeah. rating. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go 55. Uh, I'm gonna say 45. Simon. I'll say 65. John wins. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, it's 52. Shit. What is it? Absolutely <laughs> smashing the ratings game today. You that? deserve that one after my douchery <laughs> in yeah. the last one. <laughs> <laughs> so another game we like to play is is uh, guess how much it the budget was. Um, so the budget to make the movie. Um, any ideas? We've got to remember it's a nineties film as well. So nineties film. So we'll uh, I'd say uh, sixty-five million. Years ago, this I'll movie. Go, <laughs> I'll go seventy-five million. Okay. I think I remember the first one was like, was it 80? No, I think the first one was 60. And I remember the, the ride at Universal Studios cost more than the movie. It cost 80 million. Uh, I'm going to say this one cost... Like 200. <laughs> I'm going to go lower. I'm going to say like 50 million. Okay. There's no way they did less money for the sequel. So what the what we'll, was the we'll first one? We'll find out, John. Okay, <laughs> we'll find out. Um, the first one, I can tell you. The first one was seventy. I'm pretty sure. Was it definitely? 
Maybe not definitely. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to check. <laughs> <laughs> it's important that we check. Well, while you're checking, can I ask you guys a question? So you've been to – have you ever been to Canada? No, I haven't. Uh, I have. I've been to Toronto and Ontario. Okay. Uh, my my grandmother we... emigrated there. Okay. I used to tell people I was Canadian, but I didn't understand how it worked back then. <laughs> okay. So the 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 budget for the original was sixty three million dollars. Oh, I was off. Oh. Okay. So I will tell you that John, you absolutely smashed it again because uh, this was seventy three million was the budget for this one. You used seventy five, so you're super close. So. John is, oh, John is winning this quiz. We've got one more. So we're going to talk about box office takings. So Jurassic... I'm, I'm going to win this one. The Lost World. Uh, box office takings. Okay, Simon thinks he's going to win, so we'll go with him first. Oh, no. What did we take? I was... Wait, wait. Is this for, is this for opening, week, <laughs> opening weekend? Or domestic? total? No, this is worldwide this total. This is worldwide total. Do you, can you tell us what the first one did? Uh, yes. <laughs> hold please. That'll make a hold, huge please, difference. I feel like. Or wasn't it a, like it was close to a billion? Yeah, I think it was close. I think it was like nine hundred million. Oh. I know Jurassic World. Both of the Jurassic World ones have made over a billion. I think they've made more than the first Jurassic Park. But I'm sure the first Jurassic Park's made loads on like home video and all that sort and streaming and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Just over a billion. The original Jurassic Park film took. Oh okay. Okay. Just over a billion. So, okay, I'm so, going to say this one at the box office took. Uh, hmm, 300, 300 million. 300 million. Okay. You guys? Do, is that worldwide or domestic? I can't remember. Worldwide. 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 James, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say 693. Nice. I'm going to say 701. Ooh. I, th- I think that, uh, that sounds like a douchey move right there. <laughs> that is a douchey move. <laughs> okay. What, what was yours, James? 693. It doesn't matter. It's so I'm going to go, I'm going to go 793. Oh, Okay. <laughs> So James wins because it was six hundred and eighteen million dollars. Really? From his oh, that's crazy. Oh, I, I was basing mine off of didn't Save and Private Ryan make four hundred million? Yeah. More but crazy. But if you think the, the I, original I'm, makes, a I'm a little surprised. Sorry. Yeah, I figured it would be like minus twenty five percent, maybe. Yeah, but you don't have kids watching Save and Private Ryan. Dom grew you up do over here. Right <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless, unless yeah, it's I watched YouTube. it every day for like five years. <laughs> That's actually kind of an interesting question. Like, how old should a kid be before you like they watch Jurassic Park? Uh, well, over here it says twelve <laughs> legally, but I, I I don't see any issue with like ten. Yeah, like eight to ten. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm with you. My kid's yeah. seven, and he's watching it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, that's cool. They need some fear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Just a little bit, you know. <laughs> Can I ask, did you do uh, research into uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, tomato score Mm-mm. on, like, where this movie ranks? Like, is this his worst 
reviewed movie. Oh, interesting. I, I haven't done that now, but it would be good for us to do in future ones, actually, because... Because I feel like this has got to be, like, near the bottom. Yeah, well, one thing I have found out is that Spielberg, other than the Indiana Jones franchise, uh, has never directed a sequel. He's only ever mm. directed the original films, and then any sequels that have been made, it's always been passed on someone else. And he's taken on a producing credit. That's so he was going to be a producer on this one, but decided that... Um, that he wanted to direct it. Um, I'm not even really sure why. I think because of the success of the previous one, he um, he took over direction of this. And then the director of the third one was actually in line to direct the second one, and he pushed him out and said, "No, you can you can have the next one. Let me do this one." So. Oh well, the first one was such a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Like it changed. It, I feel like it like really like changed everything when it came out. It just—it was such a such a huge deal. Like people still talk about Jurassic Park to like to this day in a way that they don't talk about a lot of other movies from the early '90s. Well, it was pretty re- revolutionary, wasn't it, at the time? That what they could do with CG. Um, it's kind of like how uh, James Cameron thinks he's revolutionary with uh, Avatar. <laughs> There's like five of them to come out, isn't there, or something? No, no, there's yeah. not. That's, yeah. Come on, guys. This yeah, oh, of, there is. This is some type of Ponzi scheme that James Cameron. <laughs> it's funny that we've got onto James Cameron because um, The Lost World was the second highest grossing film of 1997. And it was James Cameron's film that was number one, which was? Titanic. Titanic. Um, and then third was Men in Black. Oh, okay. Have you covered Men in Black? Does that count as an action film? I don't know, does it? There's a lot of running in it. Will Smith running <laughs> at the beginning. Like... <laughs> right. It's a, it's a funny movie, I think. Like, it, like it's a comedy. I don't know. We just spoke about Men in Black, because does, does the writer of Super Mario Brothers write Men in Black, or was it? Yeah. Yeah, so... It's a good one. Before, before you guys go, when we get to the end of this, you need to add a movie to our will... This is our new wheel. We spin the wheel, and that chooses what like movie we're going to do next. Uh, from the 90s? It can be from the 90s or the non-90s, but if it's out of the 90s, then oh, we shit. only release it onto our Patreon, and the 90s ones get released like you know everywhere. But you get a choice, but you oh, have okay. to agree on it as a, as a partnership as to what the movie will be. So just keep that in the back of your mind for when we get to the end. Okay. Well, James and I need like a, at least one minute to talk. About that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> you can consult <laughs> each other. <laughs> so what I'll, I'll do now is go through a bit of trivia about from the film from the Lost World, and then we can talk a little bit more um, about that, uh, and then any other bits that you guys want to cover, and then we do like our own personal ratings at the end. So we do a subjective and an objective rating. Uh, and what we felt about it, you know, best performers and so on and so forth. Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so there is roughly 50% more dinosaur action in this movie than in the Jurassic Park original. So as we've talked about already, mm. um, mostly because we've gone from horror to slightly more action sci-fi. 
Um, Steven Spielberg had to attend an early screening for Swingers, the 1996 film, in order to give approval for the use of the Jaws theme. And he was so impressed by Vince Vaughn's uh, performance in the film, he offered him a part in this. So that's how Vince Vaughn got, Vince Vaughn got involved. Uh, hmm. Julianne Moore apparently admitted that she needed to do this movie to pay off her divorce settlement. Um, and then added on to the end of that <laughs> that she also wanted to work with Spielberg. Right. <laughs> so let's pay the ex priorities, right? <laughs> pay the ex husband and then worry about yeah. who's directing it later. Well, it sounds like a win win. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, she came out ahead. Yeah, right. Sure. Oh, can, you know, you're, you're talking about these actors. Like, this movie is really well acted. Like, the everybody in it is fantastic. Yeah, mm. yeah definitely. Like, so even even where some of, like, the like the writing and the action sequences don't really necessarily, like, up the snuff, the acting in it is fantastic. It's an amazing cast. So I think there's, that's definitely not anything against the movie. Which which can, can make or break a film as well sometimes. So... He, for it to have the cast that there's some films that we've covered that so Super Mario is a is a classic example the cast in it's fantastic but it's just just so poor so such a bad film yeah. it's badly written badly directed and the fact that you've got um, this great cast and Spielberg and all of that you'd think it would be much higher up there uh, so a few more bits the vocalizations for the juvenile Tyrannosaurus were the cries of a baby camel. There you go. Fantastic. Oh, that's <laughs> no, it? That's not it. <laughs> but that's that's what oh. that was. Um, okay. Oh, no, that was it, though. Yeah, just oh, just yeah, a camel, yeah. not mixed with anything. Oh, just yeah. a camel. Wow. So oh, okay. the T-Rex in the original one was like it, a penguin, a dog, and a, like a an elephant. Or something. Yeah. An elephant, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The, the sound on the... Not to just always bring it back to the first Jurassic Park, but the sound on the first Jurassic Park is outstanding, isn't it? Like when the T-Rex first roars, yeah. when it's in the rain, that's like that's that can literally still give me chills on just how epic it is. And that doesn't happen in this film, unfortunately. Like as in, this film is good, it's fun, I love it, it's nostalgic, but it doesn't have moments like that that are like, wow, this is like cinematic history right here. And uh, and it's yeah, hard totally. to recreate that, but I don't think they went into it trying to do that. So that's also fine because um, we have the first one and we can just watch that. So yeah, uh, the scene where the T Rex puts its head through the waterfall um, was in the book and was originally meant to be in the first film, but wasn't ever used. So they put it into this one. Okay. And my last bit of trivia is in the the bus crash into the video store, into Blockbuster, we see three movie posters. One for Arnold Schwarzenegger as King Lear, um, which. Oh, when's uh wait wait when's uh, uh uh what's his name comedian? He passed away. He did. It's like Jack and the Beanstalk Cor or something. Correct. Like that? Well done. Yeah, it's Jack. It's Jack, as in meant to be the film Jack Robin Williams. Um, but yeah. they put in and the beanstalk underneath, so they put that in. Yeah. And there was one more, which was a fictional poster, which is a film called Tsunami Sunrise, featuring Tom Hanks, which is a film that didn't ever <laughs> exist. So they they put that on there as well. So that, that's pretty much cool. all the trivia from the film, other than that there's only four characters in this film that were in the last film. 
So so what we go through now is we'll just like say the character and then we just say what we think of them or anything that was like pertaining to them. And we've done some of it already. Um, so, I mean, let's start with the main man himself, the god that is Jeff Goldblum, a.k.a. Ian Malcolm. What did you think of him in this movie? John, you want to go? Uh, he gets like a, I'm going to give him a, an 8 out of 10. I think he does a good job. Uh, I like him. Oh, we're supposed to rate them? Sure, I don't know. if you want to. If you want to. They didn't give me. They didn't give us much guidance. So oh, it's I'm our fault now. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's great. He's fucking. He's great. He's uh, an eight out of ten. Uh, he loses two points for bring for having a daughter, and for that daughter being a stowaway and making a mess. Good reasoning. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Jeff Goldblum is. I mean, to me, the draw of the movie, um, I feel like he doesn't get utilized that well because, you know, everything he says comes true. So it's kind of, you know, nobody listens to him until it's kind of too late. Um, but you know, I like Jeff Goldblum. I think, I think he's great in anything he does. And he, I was thinking about it that like when you cast Jeff Goldblum, you're ca- like you cast that character of Jeff Goldblum, like how he says his lines and his mannerisms. So, so then I started thinking of like, oh, well, other movies he's in. What if you cast somebody else? How different that movie would be. So, yeah, I just think he's like, like top notch. He's almost like a, a Nicolas Cage in a sense. Where like your cat, your there's a character that comes along with that actor. Yeah, there's, there's a there's a great bit. My, I think my favorite bit of him is um, when they first land on the island and they go looking for Sarah, and they're shouting out her name. And Vince Vaughn goes, Sarah Harding. And he's like, well, how many Sarahs yeah. do you think are on this island? And then later on, yeah. they're yeah. shouting for Nick. And he goes, Nick Van Owen, <laughs> and shouts his whole name. Yeah, ex- I did notice that and thought it was kind of weird. Like, why? I, think, I think they put it in intentionally just because Jeff Goldblum was just being, just like his, uh, Ian Malcolm, sorry, just being silly because he's going to be the only Nick that they know in that area. It's just what he shouts yeah. on him. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's go on to Julianne Moore playing Sarah Harding. How did we think she uh, she fared in this movie? She paid off a divorce. Uh, in this, Julianne Moore gets a ten out of ten as a person. Uh, in this movie, she gets a six. I think she's underutilized. She's such an amazing actress. Like, she's like top tier actress. So like, I used. I used to find her frustrating when I was younger, I think, with, like, uh, because she's not listening to reason and uh, Jeff Goldblum's character saying, okay, just, you know, let's leave, it's not safe, this, that, and the other. But now as I watch it, I see that, hey, she's an independent woman, should be able to do what she wants, and if she wants to be out there chasing dinosaurs, then she can. Um, But very fortunate that she has her lucky pack, because otherwise she'd be dead. Yeah. Several times over. Oh, you know what's funny about that? Have you guys ever played the, uh, oh, fuck, what's it called? Like Drake, 
the it's a P- PS PlayStation game, um, Uncharted. I haven't, but I know I know the game. Oh, you haven't? Okay. So in one of the games, there's a there's a scene uh, where they're in a train and like you're crawling up the. It's like going over a cliff, and you're cl- like they're, you're climbing back up, and it always reminded me of this scene in Jurassic Park, with the with the backpack with everything like that. Like it it's yeah, just a little. Aside. There's a great there's a great bit in that scene. Well, I'd say great bit in that scene where um, where she's on the glass, and the glass is is cracking yeah. and yeah. breaking, and whatever it is that's hanging on on this light that's about to fall that Vince Vaughn's desperately trying to reach for. And when it falls, he just goes, heads up. Yeah, like he, he doesn't, like, scream, like, fuck, <laughs> like, it's coming. Like, yeah. quick or anything like that. He just goes, heads up. <laughs> it's I just... Went, you know, I actually that, yeah. I actually was curious. Like, I thought they were going to have a thing where her and Vince Vaughn had a previous relationship. It, it, yeah, that's it what it seemed like. like. It? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that would have been, like, a cool kind of... Try, uh, uh, an interesting little bit of... Uh, storytelling, but they didn't uh, add a bit of tension know. between him and uh, Ian slash Jeff. When we when we do a Zoom version of this movie, there's the four of us. Uh, we'll remake it. We'll rewrite it. Uh, we'll add the bits that we like, <laughs> and we'll release it. And I'm sure it'll do gangbusters. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to get naked and on the back of that T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Right I'm, not, I'm not dressing up as a T-Rex. You're my oil boy. <laughs> uh, who else have we got? Uh, how do we pronounce that? Pete as Roland. What did we think of him, the hunter? Yeah, I think he he plays that character, like typecast, you know. I, I, I don't know, like what else is he in? Oh, it's tons and tons. Yeah, of stuff. I um, well, I know him from. There's a film over here that I I'm, I would actually put quite a lot of money on the fact that you guys haven't seen it called Brassed Off. Um, I was in the usual Brass, suspects. Uh, what's it about? It, it's about um, coal miners in, in the UK. And oh like, no, I haven't. It's about like a union busting or something. That kind of feeling, yeah. It's that sort of film. It's actually yeah. about. A brass band that, oh, that, cool. that we that a colliery band basically um, in the north of England. Ewan McGregor's in it. Ewan McGregor's really young in it as well. He's also Father Lawrence oh, in Romeo and Juliet. You know the Baz Luhrmann one, Baz the, the with Leonardo DiCaprio. Where is it? I, I... hold on. Mm. <laughs> I, I like that. Where else is he? Oh, what's going on? You after the spider? <laughs> the spider. This one? Oh, yeah. there it is. <laughs> that exact one. James's favorite movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, right. It's okay. James is a safe place. <laughs> uh, it's not my favorite movie. I think I've seen it like maybe once. Time for round oh, two, in... baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Got to get reacquainted. In... He's in Inception. He's in the town. Oh, he's in Inception. Uh, Usual Suspects. Oh yeah, Inception. Yeah, he's the he's the lawyer in The Usual Suspects, James. Okay. Yeah, he's so he he's in he's, a lot of stuff. He's cool. He's just, yeah. He, he he plays his character really well. Yeah. 
He's cool. I think I've always thought he was, he was always been one of my favorite characters, even from when I was a kid. I thought, uh, I like the little speech he gives. We've already been over it, haven't we? Where is he like talking to the douchebag nephew and he's like, you know, you just, what does he say? You, you break open the scotch when we've had a good day and yeah, all of that stuff. I'm butchering it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. Who else we got? Peter Ludlow, which is the douchebag. Oh, yeah. The antagonist douchebag. What do we think of him? How does he rate on the douchebag like, scale? I mean, he plays a pretty good douchebag. He, he's a similar. He's in a lot of stuff, right? Is it Arliss Howard is, is the actor's name? And he has been in a lot of stuff. Namely, he has been in Full Metal Jacket. Dom, your scrolling is not good enough. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah, he was in Full Metal Jacket. It was in Money, Moneyball. You know, the Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill one. He was in The Time Traveler's Wife. Yeah, he's been around. He's been around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought he was good. He he played asshole really well. And if you can play arsehole really well, then you kind of you kind of doing okay. It's easy to do comedy, but being a dick is quite difficult sometimes. Yeah, true <laughs> enough. Uh, Vince Vaughn, what did we think of him in a more serious role than what we're used to? I'm happy with the young Vince Vaughn. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, he still has a little bit of his comedy in there too. He's I think quite charismatic. He's like a. I think you're just drawn to him. Yeah, I think he played it well. Yeah, I like Vince Vaughn, but I, I struggle to see him as like playing a, a, a serious part. So him, him playing this, you know, Greenpeace, Friends of the World kind of person have, was quite difficult to watch sometimes. Have you watched season two of uh, uh, True Detective? Uh, no. Is, okay. he, is he really good in that? Is it him and Colin Farrell, isn't it? Colin Farrell's good. Uh, Vince Vaughn is... His, his, he's not given good writing, but he plays a serious character. He has a really... He has one monologue when he's like in bed with his girlfriend or wife, and it's really bad, but it's a serious character, yeah. Okay. Nice. Um... I think I think that's pretty much it, I guess, of the of the main cast. So should should we roll on to the judgments? Let's do those judgments. So the first judgment we'll go to uh, we'll go to John first. Who was your favourite performer, acting performer of the movie as a whole? Oh, uh, it's got to be the kid, right, John? <laughs> Oh yeah, she's she's does a bang up job. I'd say it's probably Jeff Goldblum. He's the most charismatic and the most endearing character in the film. Um, most interested watching him. Uh, I think and, uh, he's uh, he's also obviously given the most to work with. Like the, the the script is more written for him than any other other actor or actress in the film. So I'd say Jeff Goldblum. And what would you what would you say, yeah. James? I would 100% agree with that. Um, I think it's 
Jeff Goldblum's movie and basically everyone else is just supporting cast to him and he's just as standard Jeff Goldblum I agree what do you think Dom I think I have to totally agree guys I think this is is literally he's given the freedom to here's the script but you can kind of do what you want with it and and everyone else has to work around you and then what about your favourite character so taking out the performer do you have a favourite character Let's go with the baby Jesus. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he really, he really kind of uh, ties the whole film together. And I would say the T Rex at the end, yeah, you know, going through the city. Yeah, that's cool. I'm with James. Yeah, I, I said this is the T Rex couple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say Eddie. Beat me to it. MVP, yeah. yeah I, was, I, I was gonna say Eddie as well. I like the way he has the car in reverse and it's sort of like swaying from so I always like that scene. Yeah, he's he's the true hero of this of this film. He is a true hero. You know, yeah, that's yeah. lost in this. And so this is one that we do that's uh, a bit more strange. You have to pick your favourite background performer. So it has to be an extra or someone that has one line or less. Oh, okay. Okay, it's the guy who uh, is it Dietrich? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's like listening to the headphones. Oh, Carter, that's Carter. Dieter, yeah, yeah. So he's like listening to the headphones, and he's like grooving out. And then I believe he's also the guy that gets stepped on by the T Rex. Yeah. And gets taken from one puddle yeah. to another puddle. So I'm going to go him. Nice. Yeah, that that's a good one. So other than that one, uh, I don't know, just off the top of my head, I would say... What, what's the sidekick of the hunter? Uh what, the, guy, the guy that uh, gets eaten by the teat by with the snake, you mean? No, the little... The little no... The no. guy who yells, don't go into the long uh, grass. Yeah. yeah. Him? Yeah. Him, yeah. He, he he kind of looks like the older brother of the douchebag nephew. They kind of looked kind of similar, actually. Yeah, they kind of look similar. He doesn't have a lot of lines, but he's always seems to be there. And, and I don't know why they kept focusing on him in the movie. It was kind of weird, but... Considering he didn't really play a major role in anything. Yeah, I thought he was actually Dieter or whatever his name is for a right. while. Maybe he might have like had scenes that they cut or something. Maybe. That's what true. Uh, mine's the uh, – I probably picked the dad in the house when the kid's going, there's a dinosaur in the <laughs> in the – in the garden and like for god's sake you know this kid needs to sleep and they're kicking off yeah. and then he looks outside and you you said it earlier the t-rex had the uh chain and the doghouse hanging from his mouth and the dad is just like yeah poor dog right? <laughs> yeah poor dog <laughs> those parents didn't swear enough <laughs> yeah. yes well i i was shocked because i was gonna say that kid so yeah just because oh. they saw a you know a t-rex and and their parents didn't believe them can i say that it's a co-word for me because i actually meant to bring this up the entire film 
uh, this sorry podcast, which is the the guy on the subway. Oh yeah, who's like he's all I twitchy. know you. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that guy. I thought he like was this, fantastic. He? Like, yeah, I believe. Yeah, he, yeah, that guy was great. He's really chewing that gum as well, isn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. man, is he chewing that gum? <laughs> That's some good. Just some good gum around. acting right there. Right, and then our, our final, final, final point here is: what do you want to rate this? What would you rate this out of ten? You have you have two ratings each. One is subjective, so what does it mean to you from a nostalgic, personal point of view? Then the other one is objective, with a twenty twenty film critic hat on. What would you mark it? Both out of ten, two ratings. What do you think? Uh, I'd probably say they would be the same. Um, and it'd probably be six just cause it's like average, you know, it, it's, I mean, it, it's kind of unfair cause it was like, I mean, it's a pretty good sequel. Um, usually sequels aren't the greatest, so uh, it's pretty good, um, for the time, but I just feel it's kind of average six. So that hence fair why enough. it's six. Fair enough. John? Uh, I don't have a lot of nostalgia for this film. Uh, I mean, I have some, but so I'm going to go with the same as James, but I'm going to say six and a half. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like, I'm sorry. I I feel like I remember more the McDonald's cups and stuff like that more than I remember this movie. Oh man. Now you're bringing me back. (laughs) I want a Jurassic size. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, so I'd say yeah, I six and a half. Nostalgia is probably six and a half too. I like the 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 thing I remember the most about this movie from my childhood would be the um, gymnastics and the just the cover, like the VHS cover of the film. I remember like so distinctly. Okay, and Dom. Uh, I think from a nostalgia point of view um, and the don't go into the, the tall grass bit and stuff like that, it's probably a seven for me. Um, but then when it comes down to um, kind of how the film holds out now and what I think of it, it's a six in my ratings. So I, I still think that's pretty fair. It's over halfway. I think I gave Mario a three. <laughs> Which is probably fair. That's probably <laughs> yeah. generous. And what about you? Uh, I probably, I probably give him give it seven on both. I I know seven for the nostalgia because I loved, I did enjoy it a lot growing up, and then seven from a critic point of view because you still get a T Rex in a city, and that's pretty cool, and the and the effects are cool. Um, but I agree, it's not the greatest. Um, so yeah, so that was jurassic park 2 uh firstly thank you so much for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure uh to our listeners please go and check out action action podcast are you you across all podcast platforms everywhere so go check them out everywhere and where if you were to suggest an episode to start with on your podcast to to a new listener, which one would it be? Or just right from the beginning? Uh, I would say, I mean, 
The last one that just came out, The Delta Force, is pretty good. Anything involving uh, a movie with Van Damme, I would say, those are all good. I say um, to start the last episode. Yeah, the newest, the okay, newest so one. Work backwards, if anything. Yeah, and then. Yeah, our early our earlier stuff is, you know, not the best, but uh, we've gotten better. So nice. And then, do you want a moment to confer on what your choice will be for our movie? Will oh <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So these are my thoughts, James. Yeah. Uh, top of my head, with not top of my head, I I did a couple of searches <laughs> here. My picks are. Trapped in Paradise. Oh, we should just do that one. Canadian Bacon. Yeah, Canadian we're, Bacon. We're Canadian. Yeah. Uh, Dead Man on Campus. I've oh, never yeah. heard of yeah. any I of love. these. O- or Biodome. Uh, yeah. Have you seen Biodome? I haven't seen any of those or heard of any of those, which oh, is man. a good thing. That's nice to go <sighs> in blind sometimes. Um, three, like those are four. Um, a Trapped in Paradise would be a great for like a Christmas movie. Yeah, because it's a it Christmas star- movie, and it stars Nicolas oh, Cage. Well, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Biodome is a Pauly Shore movie. So got Jack Black in it. Um. No. Oh, it does actually. Yes, it does. It actually has uh, uh, Tenacious D. Jack, Tenacious D is in it. They're in a random scene. Uh, and then Dead Man on Campus stars Mark Paul Glossier, who played Zach Morris. Um, I would say either between Trapped in Paradise and Biodome. So, uh, I mean, see, you have to understand, like, Trapped in Paradise for, like, John and I, like, th- this is like a Christmas classic. Like yeah, we, we love this movie. We love it. And Let's do that one. Let's yeah. do that one. Like we we love it. I mean, you know, we can like quote it <laughs> like nonstop. Like every line, like it, it's phenomenal. It's like our one of our favorite like Christmas movies from when we were kids. I mean, it's not great. It's one of those. It's one of those like we think it's awesome because you know it's not great. It's, and it's Nicholas Cage, John Lovitz, and Dana Carvey. Oh, nice. I'm down. I'm down. I'm sorry. so. Let's do- Let's do Trapped in Paradise. So we yeah. pick Trapped in Paradise. We'll, we'll add it to the wheel. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. And then we look forward to coming onto your podcast to cover Jurassic Park 3. And we can, we'll do it in your format of how you, how you run things over there. All right. Sounds that, good. Yeah. I think that we look forward to having, it's talking to you guys again, but not necessarily watching this movie. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Well, just one last time. So where your website, I'll, we'll put the links in the descriptions, but the website is, uh, action, action podcast.com. Uh, it's action, action podcast on Instagram and Facebook and letterbox really push Facebook book very much, but letterbox, letterbox, uh, and then just action, action podcast on any of your Apple podcasts or stitcher spotify or excellent well we'll put all of the links to that in the description so go check that out and yeah thank you so much for your time this has been great fun
Well, thanks yeah, so thank much you. for yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, for thank having you so us. much for, for joining us. It was fantastic to get to meet you and and talk to you. And we can see how uh, uh, passionate and how much you know you put into talking about films and, uh, and movies, which which we love doing as well. So it's great to find uh, like-minded people that are doing you know great stuff and and sharing it with the world. So thank you for that as well. Yeah, awesome. Us too. We we kind of go on tangents, so hopefully uh, this. <laughs> We didn't go too off topic on <laughs> during this episode. That was all very cool. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Thank you so much.